When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. Donald Trump has begun his re-election campaign. That, of course, raises the inevitable question, what should we do if he wins? One possibility, of course, is leave, go somewhere else, Canada, New Zealand, or how about Mars? Elon Musk, the billionaire co-founder of PayPal and Tesla, wants to build a colony on Mars. Is that a good way to escape from Donald Trump? For comment, we turn to Katha Pollitt. Of course, she's a poet essayist, and award-winning columnist for The Nation. We reached her today on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Hi, Katha. Hi, John. Well, I know Elon Musk doesn't say his Mars travel plans are, are a response to Trump. What does he say is the reason he wants to go to Mars? He says some eventual extinction event will wipe out human life on Earth. But, I mean, it could be 100,000 years from now could be tomorrow. So he just wants to be ready, I guess. I, I understand. I understand that you are not the only one who thinks this is a terrible idea. You have been joined by the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos. Katha Pollard and Jeff Bezos together at last. It's very funny because first Musk sets it up by saying, the first journey to Mars is going to be really dangerous. The risk of fatality will be high. There's just no way around it. It would be basically, are you prepared to die? And if that's okay, then you're a candidate for going. So that's irresistible, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then once you get there, it's work, 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 because Mars doesn't have anything. And so you kind of wonder why anybody would do this. And Jeff Bezos says, Mars is horrible. And then he says, this is so funny. My friends who want to move to Mars, and I'm, already I'm thinking, wait, you have friends who want to move to Mars? What am I missing here? Okay, he says, my friends who want to move to Mars, I say, do me a favor. Go live on the top of Mount Everest for a year first and see if you like it, because it's a garden paradise compared to Mars. So his idea, and this is like even crazier than Mars, so saving humanity will mean living in these free-floating space pods. Now, why? Because if you stay on Earth, overpopulation and dwindling resources will mean population control and energy rationing. So because of these things, which don't sound all that terrible, he has to invent this whole new system. But at least you can have as many kids as you want because, and drive as fast as you want, I guess, <laughs> have a great big SUV, because you can have as many, they can keep building these space pods. And, and uh, Jeff Bezos is also in favor of having a lot of people living yeah, on space yeah. pods. Yeah, this is so weird. He likes the idea of a trillion human beings scattered throughout the solar system. And he says, we'd have a hundred Mozarts and a, uh, sorry, a thousand Mozarts and a thousand Einsteins. And I'm thinking, well, okay, but what if it's a thousand Donald Trumps and a thousand <laughs> Melanias? And what if you're stuck in a pod with one of them? It's just so crazy. <laughs> I believe you point out in your new column for The Nation magazine that having a trillion people 
isn't necessarily the way to get people who are wise and heroic. In fact, there have been some small societies that did pretty well. Isn't that right? Well, yes. Look at ancient Athens. One brilliant guy after another, I'm sorry it was all guys, in a city-state with a population of about 250,000, and that's counting the women and the children and the slaves. So that's about the same as Lubbock, Texas. But but Lubbock, um, Texas has only given us George W. Bush. I've forgotten that. <laughs> well, he makes up for a lot, I think. I want to go back to Elon Musk here for a minute. I thought he was a good billionaire because his electric vehicles have made Tesla a more valuable company than General Motors, or at least it did for a little while. I checked today. Now Tesla is back to being number three behind Ford and GM. But at least Elon Musk is not one of those bad billionaires like Donald Trump who just, you know, screws his workers and doesn't pay his bills. Isn't that true? Well, um, electric cars, which is what Tesla's all about, that would really be great. Uh, once it becomes affordable and convenient. I, I mean, I do know some economists who think that Elon Musk belongs in jail for various things having to do with his stock, but I don't really understand what that is. But I think that the problem is you could be really good at designing a car. You can even be really good at, you know, SpaceX. I mean, that was a, you know, big thing. But privatizing space exploration is a pretty frivolous way to spend a humongous fortune. Think of all the money that Jeff Bezos has, and it doesn't occur to him, my God, you know, I could provide health care for everybody. I could have education for everybody. I could, I could make life so much better for millions of people. But no, I think I'll just have my space pod fantasy. But, but Jeff Bezos did buy the Washington Post and made it into a really good paper doing a lot of exposés on Trump. That was certainly a good way to spend his money. Yeah, and Louis the Fourteenth. You know, I mean, really, the furniture was great. Um, <laughs> this is more than uh, furniture, uh, of course. We I have <laughs> furniture is very important, John. I think your values are kind of strange here. No, all I'm saying is, if you're an immensely, immensely wealthy person, you can do some good things, but the bulk of what you're doing is maybe not so good. For example, take Jeff Bezos. He's got so much money, he could afford to pay his workers well. He could afford to let them, let them take bathroom breaks and not work so fast that their bodies are ruined after a couple of years in those warehouses. Why doesn't he think, well, I have enough money now, so now let me share it with the people who have helped make me so rich? Well, I have a counterexample of a billionaire who uh, maybe has done a better job, little, not as high profile, not as well known, Pierre Omidyar. He's the billionaire who founded eBay. He does not want to go to Mars. He does not want to live in a space pod. He's happy living on the beach in Hawaii with his wife and his three kids and giving his money to Glenn Greenwald and Jeremy Scahill for the intercept. Isn't that better than going to Mars? Yes, definitely is better than going to Mars. And anyone who'd rather go to Mars than Hawaii is really out <laughs> And what about giving your money to Jeremy Scahill? Well, Jeremy Scahill, okay. I'm not so sure about Glenn Greenwald. <laughs> but even that is better, is better than space pods. I should just say Jeremy Scahill, former colleague of ours at The Nation magazine, yeah. America's and, Oldest and Weekly. Right, and let's not forget Betsy Reed, former executive editor of The Nation, who is now you know, the top editor there at um, The Intercept. 
we have other billionaires who who do good things. Uh, let me just remind you of of the the liberal billionaires: Warren Buffett, the sage of Omaha, and Bill Gates. Campaign for higher taxes on the rich and give away a lot of their money. Michael Bloomberg spends his money on gun control, gay rights, and environmental advocacy. George Soros protects human rights around the world. Tom Steyer has spent hundreds of millions of dollars encouraging young people to vote. Aren't you glad we have such good billionaires? Well, it's nice to have good billionaires instead of evil billionaires. But I think the more important thing is that the whole way of sort of government by billionaire, having them set all the priorities, it's not good. It's not good because... Just because you're good at making a lot of money doesn't mean you're good at knowing how to spend it. And it would be much better to tax these people so that the democratic society we pretend to live in could decide what what actually contributes to the public good. So I've listed about half a dozen good billionaires. Uh, of course, there's a lot of billionaires who... We don't really know what they uh, do politically because uh, they contribute dark money. And my guess is, you know, 95% of American billionaires probably support uh, the Republican Party and voted for Trump. I don't know. I think a lot of them certainly did vote for their fellow fake billionaire. Their fake billionaire. Fake, fake fellow billionaire. That's another Donald problem. Trump. But no, you think about it. I think charter schools, I mean, they fund the disease that their children have. But what about the disease that other people's children have? I think that it's always better to have more equality. Look, Carnegie. Carnegie spent his life screwing the working class, and he made a fortune. And then he built all these wonderful libraries, so that's really great. You know, that was a really good thing. But actually, that money, that money kind of belonged to the working class. It might have been better if he just gave that money back to them. You will notice that the Koch brothers don't want to move to outer space. They're perfectly happy to stay in Texas, and all they want is tax breaks for the rich and continuing government subsidies for oil and, and gas production. They are, they're very down-to-earth about the future. Right, and one of them, I forget whether it's Charles or David, one of them is very interested in the arts and has given a ton of money to the arts, and now there's, it's the David Koch Theater, the former New York State Theater at Lincoln Center. Which says it all, doesn't it? Like, let's take the name of a government and social and political entity off the theater and put the name of the major donor onto the theater and spend a lot of money redesigning the reflecting pool in front of the museum, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And, but he's basically, they basically do terrible, terrible things. And look at Shelley Adelson. I ask you, you know, I mean... How how could we forget about Sheldon Adelson? Yeah, yes. and his his apparently his wife is the richest person in Israel with a fortune of I forget whether it's twenty two billion dollars or two hundred and twenty billion. I think really two hundred twenty two. Two hundred twenty okay. billion is nothing these days. Oh, okay, okay, but no, this is not a good way to live. And if you look at the people that have historically been admired for their wisdom, it is not very rich people. It's people like. Socrates, who had no money, Diogenes, who didn't even have a house, Jesus, Buddha. Buddha was born a prince, and he gave up his money so that he could pursue enlightenment. That's a better way to be. Jesus and Buddha, you heard it here. I don't usually have nice things to say about Jesus, but it, he's better than Elon Musk 
and Jeff Bezos. Your your view is that the the people who made a billion dollars by founding PayPal or eBay or Amazon or Tesla, they claim that that proves that they're a lot smarter than we are, and therefore we should pay attention and to what they have to say. Doesn't this prove they're a lot smarter than we are? It certainly proves no. something. No, it doesn't prove they're smarter than we are. And it's not just about IQ smarts. I mean, they're probably all pretty intelligent and know a lot about their business. But that's not the same as knowing what makes people happy, what makes people good, what makes a good society. It's a completely different field of knowledge and information. Look at Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg decided that he wanted to help the schools in Newark. And he wasted like $100 million. He didn't improve the schools because he doesn't know anything about education. And he doesn't know anything about Newark. It was just, you know, what happens, you know what happens is people get the ear of these extremely rich people. Some toady who knows the flavor of flattery that they want and knows how to get to them. And they follow that advice. And then they do something really stupid. I just feel that the qualities, the qualities that make you a good person and make you a wise person are very, very different than the qualities that make you a rich person. And that, of course, inevitably brings us back to Donald Trump. You hinted that perhaps he was not a billionaire, which, of course, was his main claim to why he should be president of the United States. Uh, the thing that was really, you know, that was stupid just on the face of it was when people said that the fact that before, you know, before the election, the fact that Donald Trump had a lot of money meant that he wouldn't be corrupt in office. Yeah. And this shows a real lack of understanding of human character, because the thing that is true about all these guys, and certainly true about Donald Trump, is there never is enough money. It's never enough. I don't know why that is. It's whether it's, you know, competing for the best toys or some lack within or what. But, um, of course, Donald Trump has been incredibly corrupt in office. And, I mean, he's making money with his hotels all the time and having foreign diplomats stay there. And it's a form of, practically a form of bribery. He's selling memberships to Mar-a-Lago to, you know, for hundreds of, uh, a great deal of money to all kinds of shady people. And um, the idea that just because he had a lot of money, he would be pure in office just shows how... I don't know. People just don't understand. I don't know what to say. How could they believe something so stupid? <laughs> How could they believe something so stupid? Katha Pollitt wrote about zillionaires in Travel to Mars for her new column at The Nation. You can read it online at thenation.com now. Thank you, Katha. Always great to talk about zillionaires with you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Todd. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 